for you to process. We haven't really talked a whole lot about how the Royal Oak thing started, but boy, is that ever a testimony of, of God leading us and us taking a leap of faith and God meeting us and supernaturally providing a venue. So um, Minda asked you to come and support it. I would say, yes, that's good. And if nothing else, please be in prayer um, and let's trust for God to break into all over our city and into all, all over people's hearts, you know. Um, and having said that, let's pray real quick. Lord, we thank you f- that you are here. You said wherever two or more are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst. And we want to recognize your presence is in this place. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have not changed. You still are doing the same things you did 2,000 years ago. And Lord, we ask you by your Holy Spirit to be amongst us to continue that ministry we pray that the gospel would be preached to people's hearts. We pray that, peop- that you, Jesus, would be unveiled and seen and known and received and worshipped. We pray that your kingdom come in and through us at just as it is in heaven. We give you, Jesus, all the praise. We love you. Amen. Amen. So, we, as Minda just said are uh, starting gifted right here, right now. If you have a Bible, you can open up to Romans chapter 12, which will be the verses 3 through 8 will be the key text for this entire series. And it is all about you discovering your gift. God has given you a gift. There is a purpose for your life. There is a purpose for your life, and it is incredibly important to discover what that purpose is and to walk in it. And so, kind of, uh, if I can quote the famous American author Mark Twain, he said this, the two most important days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you found out why. And I want to suggest let the church, let God's people, disciples of Jesus, certainly know how God has uniquely designed you. And so that's what we're trusting for over the next six weeks, is that you're going to see that, and you're going to actually be walking in it. Uh, If I could quote the pastor of Border City Church, I'm sure all of you know him. He's kind of famous in the area. Uh, He's once said on an Instagram post (laughs) that the difference between surviving, this is, you can already tell this is pretty profound, right? You take notes. The difference between surviving and thriving is living in your God-given purpose. That is important. And there's so much surviving that we get into as opposed to thriving. And thriving just doesn't mean that you have a Porsche and endless uh, funds in your bank account. Thriving, ultimately, and from God's perspective, is that you're walking in living in your, the purpose for which you were created. And so, on that note, let's dig in. As Minda just said, and I, I don't want to be redundant, but I just do want to be redundant, <laughs> that this is made up of three important components. The Sunday, what you're doing right now, is going to be simple, empowering messages to help us understand the concept of the gifts from Romans chapter 12, which we'll read in just a minute. The second component is a six-week booklet that I hope, can I, thank you, that I hope everybody has when they walked in. Go ahead and grab this, your gifted book. 
It functions in two parts. It is, on the one hand, a devotional, and on the other hand, it's also a workbook that you will use as we go through uh, videos in the midweek. So I just want to point out that on page 18, you can just go ahead and flip there. We're not going to read it or anything, but I just want you to see, flip through all the first section, which only has to do with notes that you take during the video. And if you go to page 18, you're going to see the number one at the top. That's day one of Gifted. These, this is the devotional section. The back half of your book is the devotional section. And day one starts tomorrow. So I encourage everybody, start reading this tomorrow. It runs Monday, daily readings. It runs Monday through Saturday. And then you come back here on Sunday and we'll pick up to the next kind of leg of our journey. And then it'll start with the next week on the following Monday and so forth. And as I just alluded, so there's Sunday, Simple empower, Empowering Teaches. This kind of devotional, if, if that's what you want to call it, which is actually very deep, and you'll see what I mean. And then on the midweek, which Minda just showed the midweek groups, Sharon and the Coolix Hours and the Steenbergs, thank you. Uh, in the midweek, we're going to watch videos, which will include... Uh, um, space to kind of take notes during the video, and then there's going to be some discussion around that, and you'll learn more about how to activate it, how to activate your gift. Yeah, so the next point that I did want to make is you can look at page four real quick, and you'll notice that there's space if you handwrite notes. And uh, that's a generational thing, <laughs> but if you do like to write your notes, there is a provision on page four to do that on Sunday right now to take notes. I, for example, take notes in my uh, phone, and so if you want to do that, you are welcome to do that. want to just point out, incredibly important, when you come to the midweek meeting, bring this book, because you're going to need that as part of the journey that we're going on there. So if I could just get this uh, tool bag... This is, a this is a, real men have a toolbox, but I don't, uh, I'm not a handy guy, so I've got a tool bag. Anyways, these are uh, my tools, and if we, if we had some, uh, you know, a wrench, and we've got pliers, we've got a screwdriver, we've got a hammer, you guys are getting scared, and then we've got measuring tape, and let's, let's liken the gifts that God gives that we're going to read about just now in Romans chapter 12, to tools. Because in fact, the, the, the gifts that God gives are, are not toys. They're tools. And tools are used to accomplish some realm of service for people. And that's what the, the gift that you've been given is for the purpose of serving. It's not for the purpose of making you look awesome. And let's say these tools, if I could be a little ridiculous... These tools, uh, because I, I do actually use them so often, I keep them not in my garage, but in my office inside the house, so I don't have to walk outside and, and get them. And these are in my office closet, and uh, let's say these guys are, are having an argument as to which one is the most important, right? And so the hammer is saying, look, like I'm the quintessential tool. You think about a tool, you think of me. I'm the, you know, what construction can happen without a hammer, and to which the the, rent, the, the screwdriver is going to say, well, Mr. Hammer, like, you have no finesse. I mean, actually, the pliers are going to say that, probably. You've got no finesse. And in fact, Paul, 
you may have noticed last Sunday, popped his high E string during worship practice, and, um, pardon? Paul Nichols, the guy you're listening to, and I had to use pliers to pull out these little bolts that hold the string in because of the finesse and the, and the care. And so what, what, how, you know, th- this guy says, well, what would Paul do without me? Like, you know, we got to have that. And then this guy, the wrench, is, is like, well, nuts and bolts, neither of you have the ability to be able to unscrew a nut or screw in a nut or a bolt to, to make things lock together. So clearly I'm heavily in need. And this, the screwdriver, everybody uses a screwdriver all the time. It's probably the most used tool. Every time we have to change batteries, we're using this. So this guy's like, well, you know, they use me all the time. And then this guy, measuring tape guy, is saying, you know, what construction could even happen? What building and construction could happen? I'm used every single time there is a building project. And so they've got this, this argument going on. And if you'll look with me in Romans chapter 12, we're going to look in verse 3. You're going to find God's heart for the gift that is inside you and the gift that is inside me and the wisdom behind it. Starting in verse 3, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You have seven gifts that are just identified in that passage of Scripture, and there are four truths that we're going to pull out of that portion of Scripture this morning to help us in our journey of discovering and activating our gifts. The first point that we get out of this is that, and you can write this down, I am unique, or that's to say that you are unique. I am unique. If you look back with me at verse 6, we have different gifts. Can you say different gifts? Different gifts. You're unique. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. The Creator God expresses His genius by making us all unique. So some of you who have been to one of these midweek, what we call community groups, these, these midweek meetings, some of you may see Mickey over there. Mickey, give us a hand raise. There we go. And Mickey, if you know him well, you'll notice that this guy loves people. I mean, he serves people like no other. And you could look at him and be like, sheesh, like that's what it's like to be a real Christian. Like he serves. I'm just not, I just can't, I mean, he, I can't do that. I, I, I'll never be like that. Or you can be like Minda over here. Now, Minda, she's hating this already, but Minda always knows what to say. She always has the perspective on a situation, she, and she knows how we should see it and what we need to do. And you could say, Minda is such a leader. I can't lead. I'll never be useful in the ministry. I mean, I don't have, 
I don't have that. Or Rodney, who's not here, he's down doing his gift right now in, in Georgia. And, uh, and Rodney, if you've been in a community group with Rodney, you guys know this guy opens his mouth and a flood of scripture comes out. And knowledge in the Hebrew and the Greek and the, all this stuff. And he knows so much. And you can be like, now that's like the real Christian. I mean, and I'm just going to settle into my kind of sitting in my chair, I guess. And I'll let those real people do the stuff because I'm just not on their level. Can I say, eh, you have a gift that is just as valuable, just as much of God as any of the others. And it's a joy to follow God and be fully who you are. So don't compare. We need what God put in you. We need it. And so the joy of the church is to kind of like a diamond in the rough to uncover what is in each person and help them in their journey of following Jesus to bring that out. And you, my friends, also need what he has put in others in the church. We need you. And you need the rest of us. Which brings us to the next point. I am connected. Undoubtedly, what you see in that passage that we just read. I am connected. If you look at the fifth verse, right above the last one, it says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Can you say one body? One body. Each member belongs to all the others. You're starting to see the wisdom of God and how he puts together the church. The reality is, the loving God expresses his genius by making us all interdependent. And Jesus is the only human who has ever walked this earth who in himself possessed all the gifts and all the graces of God. When Jesus went up into heaven, he left the church and he put in the church each member, as we just read, different gifts, meaning that if we're going to do this mission that he's called us to do, we have to find each other. I hope that makes sense. We have to find what is in this other person and value it and also be faithful with what he's given us to give that. Oftentimes you'll find that there are, tell me if, if you know what I mean, you hear another person, or you see what they do, you see how they think, and you think, let me put it this way, the prophetic person sees the person who shows mercy, and they're like, yeah, that's good, but like, people need to hear God's voice. And the, the person who shows mercy looks at the prophetic person and says, okay, it's great that you're like sharing all these words and stuff, but like, there are hurting people out here. What are you doing about that? Are you following and, and, we, and the prophetic person can dismiss the one, and the showing mercy people person can dismiss the other. And the reality is, it takes humility to understand, I'm incomplete without what that person brings. I need that supply. And at the same time, I also don't need to feel like, oh, I can't prophesy like them, so I must not. No, I need to say, I can show mercy. That's my God-given gift, and I need to bring that to the table. I hope that's making sense. And so we, we are connected, and listen to this, the church that Jesus started, if you just take a simple look at the four Gospels, and if you're going to look at the ministry of Jesus and, and assume that is the beginning of the church, which it is, those who started following Jesus 
in order to follow him, they had to be connected to one another. In other words, if I'm like walking and I'm Jesus and I'm going this direction and the young men over here, sorry to point you out, in this section decide to start following me, they can't actually be with me without, in being with me, being with one another. Does that make sense? Jesus then had 12 disciples and he had a larger group of disciples that were following him. And when he died, resurrected, and ascended back into heaven, he left this group to remain together, except now what was in him, he put in the church, in his disciples, and they had to find each other to see how this mission could now continue without his physical presence through us and our physical presence. Nothing has changed. We're, we're, the, we're an extension of that same church 2,000 years later. We're doing the same thing. And so if you look at, with me, the next point that we want to make is not only am I unique and, and, and I'm connected, but I must grow. I must grow. So following Jesus, really following him, leads to growing in your God-given call. Where do I get that? Well, it's not Romans 12, but in Matthew 4, 19, and I could reference other places in the gospel, Jesus said this, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The gospel of Mark says, follow me and you will become fishers of men. In other words, fishers of men was the call that they had. That was the gift. That was what they were to do. But it came out as a result of following him, which says to us, following him, really following Jesus. And I hope you know what I mean by following Jesus, because you may be like, how do I follow Jesus? I don't see him. Like, what are you talking about? Jesus is still alive. He is as alive as he ever was. But now he leads us through his spirit in our inner being. He speaks to us. He shows us things. He reveals things to us. And as we follow him, we become something. Every step of faith and obedience that we take in obedience to Jesus through his spirit is leading us to become what we're called to be, be it fishers of men or whatever it may be. I must grow. If I'm not growing, it means I'm not following Jesus. I must grow. It's kind of like if you look at the screwdriver, some of you could probably finish this uh, sentence for me. When it comes to a screwdriver, righty-tighty, there we go. Well, what if this screwdriver knew nothing about the kind of finer points of how it is to be used? It needs to grow. And uh, as far as I know, there are two basic ways that we grow. One is learning and the other is doing. That's how we grow. We learn and then we do. Now this uh, screwdriver, maybe he doesn't know the finer points of righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. And so he's just like trying to unscrew something and he's going to the right and he's not really, you know, he's just making it tighter. And, and or, you, I'm sure you know, there's the Phillips head like I have and then there's the flat head. And so Mr. Phillips head here, he doesn't know the finer points. He's going to the flat head screw and he's trying to work on that and he doesn't know. The, this gift, this tool needs to understand some things of how it's to be used to be optimally useful. The exact same thing is true of you and your gift. It's not just having a gift, it's learning about that gift. It's understanding it. It's, 
it's knowing, I mean, especially for the prophetic gift. There's a time to release and there's a time to restrain. And if you just release everything that you have, sometimes you're going to do more damage than you will do good. So there's, there's nuances and there's skills to be learned. And we have to learn and we have to do. And in terms of learning, Paul in this Romans 12 passage gives us seven what we call grace gifts. I want to read them again or just point them out if you want to look at that verse. Romans 12, 3 through 8, I think verses 6 through 8. He mentions prophecy, service, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and mercy. Every single one of us has at least one of these gifts. And we're going to learn about these gifts over the next, uh, these seven gifts over the next six weeks. And I want to just say some things with regards to how we're going to be learning. Firstly, we have for you a gift assessment online. It's a tool that will help you be able to discern which of these seven gifts or what are the main two to three that you have that are in you. So um, we're going to email that to everybody in the church later, probably tonight or tomorrow. And if you are not on our email roster, can I encourage you, make sure that you grab one of these info cards. Uh, Minda, can you pick one up just to make sure everybody sees? a visitor card, you can put your email on that and you can make sure that you get that, uh, the, the gift, a link to the gift assessment. So we're going to send everybody this gift assessment. That will be an important, critical first step. Take that gift assessment before you come to the midweek meeting this week. Then, as I said, every Sunday, we're going to have simple empower, empowering teaching. The devotional that you're going to do starting tomorrow is going to take you deep so all three of these kind of pieces to the gifting, gifted program work in tandem with one another. Simple empowering teaching on Sunday, and then you're going to go deep in your daily reading. It'll only take about a couple minutes to read it, and then there's going to be the video and interaction with others and some discussion, and you're going to learn on midweek meetings more of how to actually activate your gifts. And so activation brings us to the next and final point, is that you grow by doing, and therefore, point number four, I must act. I must act. Jesus' call to his disciples was and always is one of action. If you don't believe me, let me tell you when he commissioned his disciples to do what they were called to do. Here are the words that he spoke from Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Most pastors anywhere across the world, if you ask them what's the great commission of the church, they would say, make disciples. But in fact, Jesus didn't just say make disciples. He said, go and make disciples. And that original word, that, the Greek word that Matthew, who wrote those words, Matthew the gospel writer, the original Greek word means to leave where you are and head towards a specific de destination. That's the idea of go. It's the opposite of remaining where you are. So before Jesus even tells us the commission of making disciples, the context that we must embrace first is that we're going. We're taking action. We're mobile. So critical for actually walking in the call is that we're called to action. So I must act and if you look with me in verses 6 through 8, 
of Romans chapter 12, every single one of these seven gifts, the Apostle Paul who wrote this passage, gives us an actionable step attached to each gift. If your gift is prophesying, you'll see, then prophesy. It's an action according to your faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. If teaching, then teach. If it's giving encouragement, give encouragement. If it's uh, giving, give generously. If it's leadership, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You'll notice every single gift has an actionable step. In other words, I must act with the gift. They're all action words. I must act courageously with my gift and humbly. It's to serve. And so, to recap what we just went through, I am unique. You are unique. You do have a gift. Secondly is that I am connected. My gift is a part of a body. My gift only has relevance in so much, just like these tools here, none of them can complete a building project, and yet all of them working together, being used together, can complete the project. And so I am connected. Thirdly, I must grow. I can't follow Jesus without growing in, in my gift. It, it is one leads to the, the other. And fourthly, I must act. And so I want to encourage you guys, go on this six-week journey. I believe as we complete this journey, all three steps working in tandem, there is no way you will not walk out at the back end with a much clearer idea of the wisdom of this passage of Scripture, what your gifts are, and have a clear idea of how you can begin actioning and walking in and growing and using that gift according to God's divine purpose for your life. So, join, what can you do? Actionable steps, join a group. Those four groups that we mentioned earlier, make sure that you let the leader know by the end of today that your intention is to be a part of that group. Follow the devotional, and let's see you here again next Sunday, and we can pick it up where we are leaving off. And I do want to say, if there are other people who maybe are not with you today, and you're thinking, man, I bet this person could really enjoy this. I bet that they would benefit or want to be a part of this. It's not too late to still invite them. So I, I encourage you, we'll do some things to help them catch up, even if they're coming into the program a little bit late. Can I ask everybody to just close your eyes? We, I want to close in prayer. And actually, you know what? Maybe I'll renege. Don't close your eyes. Let's take maybe this screwdriver once again. Let's, let's do the hammer. My only hesitance with this, hesitation with this hammer is sometimes I've seen pastors use illustrations like this, and they start like doing this, and like the front row's like, you know. So I don't want to be that guy. But let's take this hammer. Hammer's important, am I right? Hammer is, accomplishes a whole lot. I think us men enjoy using a hammer, driving the nail in. And uh, this hammer has a lot of potential in it. However, this hammer, if not held by this hand, is not accomplishing a whole lot. Potential is there. But it's not really doing anything. But when a hand actually picks it up and is able to utilize the hammer, meaning that the hammer by itself is not the issue. More important is the hand that grips that hammer. 
And I want to say to each of us today that, yes, you have a gift inside of you, and you do, on the basis of the fact that you are a human. And God says in his word that we were made in his image. We have a gift. And there's something wonderfully confidence-boosting to know that, that I have a gift. I am, in, in essence, I am important. You're not important because of your gift. You're actually important because Jesus died for you. He put that level of value on you, but you have a gift. There's something wonderfully confidence-boosting about that, but the reality is even the gift that you have is not really with value unless it's gripped by a hand. And in our sake, it is the hand of God upon our life that actually takes what he's put inside of us and causes it to be able to be used for its purpose. And so having said that, could I just ask us again, maybe to, just to close our eyes, I want you to, us to consider that all along the journey of our life, even up to this point, God's hand has been with us. His hand, he has been wanting to place his hand upon our lives so that he can use our life, our body, our giftings, according to the reason that he first created us. My friends, when I was 18 years old, I discovered what it was to be a Christian. It is to surrender to Jesus. And I remember praying on my bed at the age of 18, senior year in high school, and saying, Jesus, I put my life into your hands. And there is an invitation this morning for you to do the same thing. Even if you've already done this, even if you've already made a commitment to surrender your life to Jesus, it's a fresh and anew as we kick off this journey to surrender our lives to the one who died for us, the one who is worthy, the one who really knows how to lead us through this journey of life, and the only one who knows how to do so, the only one who's worthy to be followed, to put our life into his hands. He is reaching out even right now, beckoning us, come to me, come to me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will bring you into your inheritance. If, if you are in agreement with that, I just want to lead us all through a prayer, and you can pray it out loud with me. We'll kind of go line by line, and we'll just pray in agreement. This is a holy moment. It's not a ritual that we do just to kind of go through it. It is to connect with the one who loves us and who is here. And just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that has paid the price for all of my sins so that I could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life into your hands. Use me. Do what you want with me. I trust in you. I ask you, Jesus, to send your Holy Spirit to dwell inside of me. Make me a child of God that I would live with you and your Father forever and ever and ever.
Amen. Amen.